All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The Nation Network presents Coming In Hot. Here are your hosts, Brent Wallace, Jason York, and Bobby Ryan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coming In Hot Live. I'm Brent Wallace. That's Bobby Ryan, who's much more festive than Jason York. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I'm the only one with a gingerbread house. I told You're your mama. Right, I, I told your mom. I told you I was getting there. I was coming. I was coming festive today, boys. <laughs> What's Listen, that Bob, shirt say? We appreciate. It says, "Ask your mom if I'm real." <laughs> you are bad, Sarah. <laughs> I, I wanted a sense colored shirt. I, did, I I was all in on this one. You you bought all in. I, I so at least he got the memo, Yorkie. You could have at least gone out. To giant tiger and gotten something all right look at this bad boy this is hand <laughs> handcrafted last night i took i took wow. a big time shot here for the team gingerbread houses look at this we had uh, my wife's parents over the kids very festive although uh is there a mortgage on that <laughs> <laughs> the uh you know what though my my gingerbread house came in last place so i attempted to do a, a santa claus on the side of mine it looks like it looks like mutant santa he's got like he's got like red eyes <laughs> i appreciate the that's tough. that's tough uh all right we gotta we gotta move on i, I appreciate at least cool. bobby being in the holiday spirit yorkie not so much um it is a busy Sense day. It uh, looks like Tim Stutzler is going to be back in the lineup tonight. Uh, Artem Zub has a new contract. Lots going on to talk about. Uh, Frank Cervelli is going to join us shortly uh, to chat with all that stuff, plus to see if there's more on Alex Dabrinkit, perhaps, or on the sale of the hockey team. Uh, before we get to that, the Washington Capitals in town tonight, gentlemen. That means Alex Ovechkin and his quest uh, to catch Gretzky, catch Gordie Howe, uh, is underway. Will he, do you think, gentlemen, Reach 801 at the Canadian Tire Center tonight. Bobby? I'm going with no. Um, and, and not because of anything the Sens do. I'm, I'm, what is the date today? It's the 22nd. It's the last game before Christmas. He just wants to get home. Um, and, and they're, you know, they're in Canada on a Thursday. He's got zero interest in this one. <laughs> so, so I'm going to say no, not tonight. <laughs> 
I said he was going to get two in Detroit. Boy, was I wrong on that. Hey, the only thing we were right on, Bobby, <laughs> is bet against the Ducks. We gave the we gave the pick last yep. uh, last game. It was Duckies against L.A. Easy money. So, is Ovech going to get it? I don't know. The Sens should play well. They should play well tonight, though, because um, hey, they had such a stinker last game. So you think you think they'll come to play? You think they'll make it hard for Ovechkin? So I'll uh, I'll say no. I'll say nay as well. No goals for Ovechkin. Really? So uh, one, I will correct you, Bobby, that the as of right now, the Caps are scheduled to play against Winnipeg in Washington tomorrow night. Um, if that plays yeah. any factor whatsoever. Yeah. Um, Washington's won seven of its last nine games, but Alex Ovechkin loves to play against Ottawa. He has the second most career goals yeah. uh, against the Sens of anybody, and that includes one Yarmir Yager who is out in front. Uh, he's Yarmir Yager's got what is it, sixty-six goals in seventy-nine games, um, or forty? Sorry, forty-four goals in seventy-nine games. Uh, but Alex Ovechkin, thirty-five goals. He's had two hat tricks in Ottawa in his career. One of them. A four-goal game. I say he gets it tonight. I say he gets at one, perhaps two. Yeah, it's hard to ever bet against him, but I'm just, I just, I'm not feeling it tonight. Now, and he's got, he's got a back-to-back tomorrow, uh, if that does play out. So, um, and I, I think there's just going to be a little bit of a response. There has to be a response to the Sens, or it's a tragedy, and we're talking about it on the 27th or 28th again. So, um, the the boys need a response, and shutting him down, be, you know, object day. Christmas games, Christmas uh, games are so are so tough to judge because they're so unpredictable. Yeah. Uh, it's it's I, I got a hard time picking winners this time of year. Uh, so uh, that's why that's why I think Ovech Ovi's got lots of time to do it. But then again, yeah, the the, the history, those stats that you sent us earlier today, Wally on Ovechkin, that's pretty crazy. He has owned the Ottawa yeah. Senators. It's like so, history says, but you don't bet against Christmas. Christmas is pretty powerful. <laughs> that's going to probably be a some that's a meme somewhere uh 17 goals in 26 career games in ottawa i i just i don't know washington seems to play well against ottawa i, I now that being said you hinted or you brought it up earlier about the winnipeg game and the response from winnipeg but is winnipeg just one of those games bobby where you just go in you have a bad night and you move on yeah i, I mean that's a flush game right that you're you know that the coach DJ is going to come out and say, we're just simply not good enough. And all, everything he said was true, but he also went into that room and said, boys, we know that that's not the brand of hockey that we need to play. That is not our system. That is not nothing about that game spoke true to how the Sens have played lately. So they dropped a dud duds are going to happen. And, and I'm sure he went into the room saying, we move on. We got one more, but well, we had two more, but we did, we definitely have one more at this point again in, uh, before Christmas. Let's get two points and, and we'll have a good holiday and we'll come back. And that's probably all he said to the team. But I said the other day that they needed to get further into the first period without giving a 10 bell shot up. And poor Talbot took one right in, in I don't know how first long shift. in it was. It was, it was the first shift, right? I wasn't wrong. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just thinking. That, I mean, that's a tough look. Um, and he made the save, and then he kind of got hung out to dry on some of the other ones that he, I mean, he, he couldn't see a few, some miscommunications uh, and secondary chance goals. So, yeah, it's just a flush game. You move on, and you, and you get ready for tonight. Well, yeah, I was going to put now, together some Yorkie, some Yorkie vids and go over some of those goals and some of the mistakes, but there was just too many in that game. There were so many basic things yeah. that were done wrong. Like that little guy that's kind of not really the winger's guy and not really the defenseman's guy, that was the first chance of the game. They were hanging out in that little yeah. soft spot, Bobby. You know that spot you used to hang out in. You kind of, hey. They haven't figured out how to cover that guy, at least in that game. So I'm I'm concerned, Wally, with this team because they haven't been good five-on-five five for a while. They're living off the power play yeah. right now. They're, they're living off the power play. And good goaltending. They didn't get great goaltending last game, although it's tough to blame Talbot for that one. But they got to get better five-on-five. Five. So if I'm DJ and the staff, I'm I'm concerned with their five-on-five five play right now. Um, it's, Here's a question I have, though, for you guys as players. In that game, I, if I'm not mistaken, Ottawa was up like shots, like 16-6 to six early on. They had a ton of shots. Uh, but I, ended up, I think they were down whatever it was. Does that really matter? Uh, do you get disheartened when you start to see that it looks like you've carried the play, but you're actually, in fact, trailing? Bobby? 
I don't, I don't think so. Cause I, none of their shots were threatening early on. They had a lot from the outside. Um, and what that does, and, and that's fine. You can throw pucks at the net from anywhere. Um, coursey people love it, but at the same time, it does lead to breakdowns and secondary chances, but it just didn't the other night. There was no, it didn't feel like, you know who I thought had a great game was Parker Kelly, but outside of that, there was no real jump to be first on puck all night. There was no real jump to, um, you know, to get the ugly goal, I guess I would say. So all those chances, yeah. you're almost given Riddich, um, you know, who's, I, I, I've always thought Riddich is a pretty good goalie. I shot on him last year here in Nashville during the All-Star break, and I thought he's a much better goalie than the statistics are telling. But at the same time, you allowed him to get into the game uh, because you're just giving him a feel for the puck. And, and sometimes that, you know, that comes back to bite you, and it kind of did in that game a little bit. Maybe yeah, you should have called the Sens call and given them big the scouting. Dave, when he was playing in, the, in Calgary. He's uh, he had a good streak in Calgary for a while. I did a lot of Flames games for yeah. Sportsnet a couple of years ago, and I every time I saw Riddick, I'm like, man, this guy's an under the radar, pretty good goaltender, and I've always liked him. Seems like a great guy too. Seems like the guys in the room like him. So those are always dangerous. Yeah. That uh, you, you uh, you're, you're Hellebeck's out. You think, oh, we got the backup tonight, but not so fast. Like he's a pretty good goaltender, and I agree. I agree with you there. I agree with there, Bobby. He was um, he was real good, but the Senators they didn't have a lot of good shots early on. I I, I really thought no. Winnipeg carried the play. They had all the great A's early. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it is what it is. All right. Uh, as always, this show brought to you by our good friends at Renfrew Pro Tape. Don't forget, it's still time to grab a couple stocking stuffers before the biggest snowstorm of your lives. Apparently, uh, go to RenfrewPro.com <laughs> if you want to shop online. Or also, all the major retailers. Renfrew Pro is the one with the green core. They are the industry standard when it comes to hockey tape, including uh, they invented shin pad tape, which I always like to bring up. I've watched them make it at their factory. It's fantastic. Uh, Renfrew Pro, our good friends. Uh, by the way, they all want to wish everybody uh, safe and happy holidays. Uh, now, without further ado, he's been waiting patiently. Uh, the nicest man in broadcast television history. Frank Cervelli joins us uh, from, from Philadelphia, where I don't know. Are you going to get the snow there too, Frank? Uh, not the snow guys, and I wasn't sure who you were introing with the nicest man in broadcast TV because that, that ain't me. Uh, but uh, definitely going to be a little cold by Philly standards for Christmas. Listen, I wrote down nicest man because I just I needed an intro for the guy from Daily Faceoff, and you've always been good to me. Well, there you go. It's uh, it's good to be teammates again. <laughs> uh, Frank, by the way, I don't appreciate you not getting dressed up for sweater day, but we'll move on. And um, what can you tell us about uh, the Artem Zub deal, which we uh, have waited to discuss to for you to get on here? Uh, he signs a four-year, $4.6 million per year extension with the Ottawa Senators. Are you shocked? It seems to be a very good deal for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, I think it basically comes out to market value. I, there's There's not a lot of shock in here in the sense that when you look at you know Zub and his minutes played and and really what he's been able to accomplish in the league to this point, you know he's that you know market rate at four point six million bucks a year for a top four defenseman. That's that's sort of right in that range. And so the Sens, what they get is some cost certainty, and I think that's sort of been the hallmark of the way Pierre Dorian has handled his business here over the last number of years is. Take the guys that are important to your core and your team's success and try and get them locked up if you can. And so they do that with Zub. And I just think the one thing that sort of stands out in watching Zub, and I'd be curious to hear your guys' take, is, you know, he doesn't do one thing exceptionally well. I think he's a really well-rounded defenseman. But there's nothing in his game that I think is going to wow you and, and sort of put you over the top. And I think... Yeah. That sort of reflects that in the contract, no? Like, it's there's nothing really shocking yeah. or surprising here. It's just this is what it is. Uh, yeah, Frank, he's. I, I think he hit the nail right on the head with, with Zub. And, and that's, to me, why he's so valuable for Ottawa because they just don't have enough guys that you don't notice. And by that, I mean you don't yeah. notice for the right reasons because he's not making glaring mistakes. He's not turning pucks over. He's not blowing coverage. He's just, to me... Is he, an, is he a real number two? Probably not, but he's a really good probably three, four. And for Ottawa, they just don't have enough of those guys. And, and you saw it when he was out of the lineup. We all saw it here. We watch all the Sens games. 
he just it just became so glaring the more he was in the lineup, Frank. But I think your your assessment of him is bang on. He just does everything really good. And to me, there's not enough defensemen in the league that are like that. And uh, that's that's why he's so valuable. Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. Artem Zub has a good game if you don't notice him most of the time. That's that's and he eats up 20 minutes. Uh, he's a safety valve for whoever he's playing with, whether it's Chabby or Sanderson. Those offensive guys can take some more chances because he's back there. Kind of a methot-like uh, presence for Carlson for all those years, just to calm things down. Um, I really like the way he breaks pucks out of the zone, makes a good first pass. I, I think I think it's a phenomenal contract. Um, you know, Pierre signed a number of really good contracts in the last couple of years for some of the core guys, like Frank said, and. Uh, and he fits that mold. It's it's almost the only thing it does is make the D- Dylan DeMello trade look even worse. <laughs> we had, yeah, we had to talk about. Just it. had to get that in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yorkie, then let me ask yeah. you, Yorkie, is he like Chris Phillips? Um, I th- I would say he's, he's similar to Philly. Like obviously, Philly's a much bigger body, and he's a guy that you can't really hurt when you're coming on the forecheck, big rig, big guy. Uh, although the, one of the similarities I find and Zoop kind of has a knack. I saw it a couple times where he scores a big goal here and there. And Philly had that yeah. knack as well, where all of a sudden it's because Philly was a really good offensive defenseman in junior. Then he obviously changed the style when he got to the NHL. I have no idea how Zoop used to play in the KHL. All I know is now he's a really dependable defensive defenseman. Um, I'd say he's an upgrade on Dylan DeMello. He's a D- Dylan DeMello yeah. type player, but he gives you more. Uh, uh, Bobby's Bobby's point there with breakouts, he break he breaks the puck out at probably as clean as, not the top guys in the league, but as, as clean as any of the upper echelon defensemen in the NHL. It's just, it's on the tape. There's no dusting. And it's, it's very, uh, it's, it's just very direct the way he plays the game. And he's very elusive too. He's good at shaking that first four checker. He's just a good defenseman, and he's a right shot. Uh, yeah. We all know, we all know, right shot defensemen, right, Frank? They're really, really tough to get good ones in NHL. That's why come trade deadline, everyone's looking for them. So, uh, gr- great move by Pierre getting them locked up. I think one Doesn't of the biggest deal. assets, if I could just jump in to finish off the Zub part, is that he's not rattled easily. And I think that's a big thing, especially when you have a bunch of young players and you're trying to transition more on your back end. When he's getting pressured on the forecheck, he's not easily coughing it up and throwing it away. And I think that confidence that he has maybe sometimes can rub off on, on others. And, you know, right now they're probably asking him to do a little bit too much in terms of the minutes he's playing. You asked about, is he a two? Could he potentially be? On this team right now, he's probably being asked to play like a two. But when this team finally gets to where they want to get going, he's probably closer to that 3-4. And then you look at it in the salary cap with it continuing to increase, he's going to fit right in at 4-6. For sure. Yeah. Yep, fair enough. Very uh, and very dependable player. Um, what about Alex Debrinkit, Frank? Have you heard anything? There was talk early on. They were talking about an extension. Is that quieted down? Do, should we expect anything? You know, I, I haven't actually checked in on that file in a bit, to be completely honest, but it would make sense yeah. to me if things quieted down because I think a lot of people were curious to see how he would respond this season. New surroundings, new teammates, what would the chemistry be like? And frankly, what would the production be like? Because he's such a talented goal scorer, touching 40 goals twice already in his career, that people were thinking is what's he going to be like when he's away from Patrick Kane, such a gifted player in terms of getting him the puck to score. What we've seen this year has been obviously a huge drop in shooting percentage. He's on pace for 23 goals. And I think what's interesting is the point production has still been there. He's been an assist machine, which is sort of not necessarily like him. But when you look at his career track record in history, there's actually you know, some indication that this might have been coming in the sense that go back to 2019-20. After scoring 41 goals, the next season he only had 18. And so I think there's this sort of feeling out process when you look at the huge qualifying offer that's due and also 
the other part of it, which isn't talked about as much, is the leverage that Debrinket has with that qualifying offer. If he really wants to and doesn't like his experience at Ottawa, doesn't think this team is moving in the direction that he wants to be heading fast enough, he has the leverage to flex those muscles and say, I'd like to play somewhere else. Either give me my qualifying offer or I'm walking as a UFA. I doubt it gets to that point. My guess is they come in uh, at some point on a contract offer that's below the QO and probably is a number that starts with an eight. But it's also going to depend on how he finishes the season and, and how the rest of this goes, both for team and player. Is eight fair for him if he's a 25 goal scorer and a 75 point guy? Uh, you know, it, it's the most simple thing that anyone's ever explained to me, and I really have become a big believer in it, that if you, you know, take whatever your point total is and then convert that into millions of dollars, if you're at 75 points, seven and a half million bucks, you know, that factor, 80 points, $8 million is sort of right in that range. And I guess a lot of people in today's NHL would have significant question marks about signing a scoring winger to that type of number. And I think you see the reaction that, you know, the Brock Besser contract at 665 is getting in Vancouver. Well, Debrinket's numbers have always been significantly better than someone like Besser. And so I would say eight is probably a pretty fair starting point and, and number to end at um, because the production hasn't been as consistent. But anytime you get someone that's 25 years old and has hit 40 goals twice, like, I don't care who you are, where you're pay playing, you're going to get paid on that type of number. Hey, Frank, uh, um, uh, got, got one for Frank here, Wally. Just with, with, with Debrinket here, and you look at the structure, the, not to put you on the spot, if you look at the Senators' salary cap structure, how many guys can you afford to give eight to when <laughs> you got Kachuk's at eight, Stutzla's at eight, Shabbat's at eight, Norris is pretty well at eight, um, and now you're going to give Debrinket eight. Do you think, do you get to a point there where it does, can, can you fit that in with the way teams are built? I'm just trying to think at other teams around the league. Do they have that many guys that begin with the number eight? It's a really good question. And it was actually something that I was thinking about and looking at as I was, you know, prepping to join you guys today. And I was saying, the only close comparable that I think you can look at is sort of the Toronto Maple Leafs and the structure that they have with a bunch of guys in and around the number 10 and 11. And that's obviously a bit of a different story. They're different echelon of players. What I really like about what the Sens have done is between Norris and Stutzla, like those are two bona fide elite star players in this league that I think they've gotten locked up to really impressive yeah. numbers not just for what they're playing at now, but for where they're going to be for the long haul of their contract. And so I think there's a value proposition there. Um, I think when you look at the overall cap structure and where it's heading, like I think in three years time, we're probably looking at a 95 to $98 million salary cap. If you can project that far down the road, maybe four years from now. So those contracts are obviously going to look a lot different by then. And so will the cap picture. Can you afford to do it? I think there's proof from other teams that you can. Um, but I think you do get into a, a, a bit of a dangerous territory in terms of building out your roster in that basically what you end up doing is eliminating the middle class of player on your team. You go from, you know, the guys at eight, you've got Claude Giroux at six, um, Batherson's at five, and then you're going to have a huge drop off to guys sort of making, you know, two and under. And there's not going to be many of those guys in the three, four, and five range because you're simply not going to be able to afford them. So, what you're going to have to hope for in that case is that your stars carry enough of the load that you can fill out the rest of your roster um, basically by fantastic pro scouting and, and solid drafting a couple guys on entry level contracts here or there that make the whole thing go. So that's the other part of the equation. It's really hard to get these guys, so it makes sense to pay them. But at the same time, you need to do your work and your due diligence to fill out the rest of the team. Uh, Frank, the last topic I've got for you, and that's on the sale of the team, which kind of leads into trade talks and whatnot. Do, um, I have, my understanding is they, they're struggling or they can't really make trades at the moment until they finalize a sale. Just basically, they don't want to take on contracts 
Do you think that has any impact right now on Ottawa trying to make moves, i.e. for Nikita Zaitsev or anybody else that may be on the move? Well, when it would come to someone like Zaitsev and unloading money, I don't think so. I, I certainly don't think that would get in the way. I think anyone buying the team is like, wow, you've really lightened the load for us. That's nice of you. Um, but that's clearly going to be a difficult transaction to pull off. I would say in every time I've asked the question, uh, whether it's to anyone in the Sens front office or around the league, the answer has always been no, it's business as usual. So um, I... I would happen to think that if it came to like signing someone like Alex to bring it um, and to a long-term deal at the numbers we're talking about another 60 plus million dollar contract, then yes, like there mm. probably are some guardrails in place where you'd have to run that up the flagpole to whatever potential, you know, um, prospective buyers are involved. But the process, I think we were all expecting it to heat up a little bit sooner and I think one thing being at the Board of Governors meeting last week in Florida was there's kind of this lull now in the holidays. Yes, people have gotten access, we believe, to look at the SENS books through this data portal, but it's not really expected to go much further until after the new year because everyone sort of jets out for the holidays. So I'd expect that's when we see it pick up a bit. And one other tidbit to throw in, because this question was asked, and I don't know if it was properly covered in the Ottawa market or not, because I didn't see all the clips. But obviously the discussion with Ryan Reynolds potentially being involved, no matter who the prospective buyer is, the question that was asked of the deputy commissioner and the commissioner was, whoever buys the team, is Ryan Reynolds going to be foisted on you uh, to be part of your group? I don't know why you wouldn't want him involved anyway, but the answer to that, just in case you were wondering, is no, as much as the league would like to have him involved in some way or another, it is not actually a requirement to buy the team. Yeah, because I'm thinking uh, if Bobby Ryan offers to buy the team for $900 million or $100 million more than the next guy and doesn't want Ryan Reynolds, they're probably going to take the $900 million. <laughs> Correct. And there's also the arena issue, which I think is a huge part of this. Like That's really the big prerequisite is getting that done and making sure that that's all signed, sealed, and delivered before you can actually complete the purchase of the team because that's really what has actually made this team so valuable. Uh, have you heard front runners, anything of that sort? You know, it's hard to handicap because you don't know exactly what's going on behind the scenes, but everyone that I keep talking to continues to mention the name Michael Andlauer. And I think whenever you're looking at a transaction in terms of, you know, getting a seat at the table at the board of governors and being really comfortable with the executive committee to approve a sale, the NHL wants yeah. to know who they're getting in bed with. And Michael Anlauer has been part of their, you know, sort of family for a while now as a minority owner of the Montreal Canadiens. Of course, he'd have to sell his share. He owns the Hamilton Bulldogs and the OHL. Uh, a wealthy, smart guy that could put together the right package uh, of ownership group, the right consortium, if you will, uh, to make something like this go. And clearly, having been in the fold already, someone that the NHL would be comfortable with. So if I had to guess, or if I, if you put a gun to my head right now and said, you know, who would you put money on in order to buy this team? Uh, that would be the guy that I'd put at the very top of the list. Uh, Frank, uh, interesting thing about Michael Andlauer. Uh, I heard his son worked for Newport Sports and now works in the NHL offices as well. So that never hurts as well when you're, uh, you know, when you're figuring out, like you said, I love your term, who you're getting into bed with. You like that term, eh, Bobby? Who are you getting into bed with? I love it. <laughs> I've been quiet, minding my own business. I can, I'm not like a <laughs> That's true. Though. Is that, I heard that rumor, Frank, though. I heard his, I heard uh, Adlauer's son works for the league. Look, he's a really well-connected guy. I wouldn't be surprised if there's, yeah. you know, all sorts of tentacles here or there. Um, he's well-versed in the hockey community, knows a lot of people. He was at the Board of Governors meeting last week uh, representing the Canadians. So someone that's clearly been around, has a passion for it, which I think is important, and has the financial backing and, and proper friends in the business world to make something like this happen. So there's always other other parties out there that I think have been rumored to be interested going back a number of years, whether it was the Demeray family or others. 
who knows? Like uh, you never know who's going to step up with the biggest check at the end of the day. But sometimes it's not always about that. Sometimes, you know, you can have the process yeah. swayed by the connections that you have. And I wonder how much that's going to play a factor in this. Absolutely. Uh, and don't forget, Bobby's still on the books for 1.8 for another year, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. So I don't know how that's a factor. I'm, I'm still, they're still trying to move me to Florida. I want to play tax free my last year. <laughs> Damn right you do. Uh, yeah. uh, Frank, we appreciate your time, my friend. I, I don't want to keep you anymore. I know it's been a busy week for you and you've got lots of stuff going on. So thank you for your time. All the best uh, this holiday season, my friend. My pleasure, guys. Have a great holiday, and I'll talk to you guys in 2023. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Frank. Take, Take care. care. There goes Frank Cervelli from Daily Face Off. You can watch him daily, uh, dailyfaceoff.com. Uh, one of the preeminent, I guess, insiders in the NHL. Always good to have him on board. Um, do we know much else about the sale? And I'll throw it out to Yorkie because there's so much that gets rumored about. Um, do we expect this to be done fairly soon? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, I keep hearing because of the there is a delay in getting the data room details out to, to, to all the prospective bidders. And there, there are a lot of people interested. That rumor is true. There, there's a lot of people. There's a few tire kickers here and there. But there's probably, is there 12 legitimate real groups? Probably not. Uh, but I would say there's probably five real serious ones. But I keep hearing Michael Andlauer as well. I, I love the fact that he's already an owner. He's already had a seat at the table. And we all know with, with Gary Bettman, you have to pass the, the, the smell test, I guess we'll call it, because you don't want to bring... Well, look what happened the situation with Tampa back in the day, guys. They, they went through the process too quickly. And, and the last thing that the NHL wants is to get embarrassed again. You go back to the days of Bruce McNall. You look at what happened with the New York Islanders ownership group. Uh, they, they did a movie on that one, for God's sake. So... They do their due diligence, but it's. I still think this gets done before March, but I think it's going to get real serious probably end of January. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, Ann Lauer is Ann Lauer to me is probably the front runner. Oh, it's exciting! I, just, I can't wait I just, for it to all come together. I just feel like it's going to be a summer thing. I every there's always a like. A, Ryan Reynolds comes to town and there seems to be this urgency that it's happening this week and it's never the case and especially deals of this yeah. nature and this size they never go as quickly as planned um you could get to January and you have your final two big time ticket you know people that want to buy the team their groups their parties and then things take four weeks when they should take one you know everything's just slow and I, I still think it feels like a summer thing to me but we'll see there is the, and it's not, a, I guess, a rumor, but there is the talk about the uh, capital gains tax and all that stuff with the estate. So that may be, yeah. I don't know if hastening's the right term, but uh, speeding up perhaps the final sale of getting this done. So for the 2022 taxation season. Anyway, I'm not a tax guy, so we'll move on. And Wally, uh, let's, 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 Wally yeah. last thing, let's be honest too. Like the team is losing money. The team's losing money right now. So the longer you own mm -hmm. this, um, the more money you lose. So yeah, that's the correct. one thing. And, and and look and look at the, the the cost of borrowing money right now. This team is heavily heavily leveraged right now. So 
we all know what's going on with interest rates and the cost of borrowing. So yep. that's why I personally think it's going to go by quicker, but we'll see. It, it takes a long time, as Bob said, to, to do a process of, of this magnitude, but oh. uh, time will tell. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be exciting though. That's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Moving on to other exciting news, if you will, Tim Stutzla appears yeah. to be ready to go tonight, uh, which has only been 10 days since he's been out and four games. Um, and we all saw the injury and thought perhaps much worse, but it looks like he's ready to go back in the lineup and Derek Broussard is going to be a healthy scratch. Um, obviously good to see him back in the lineup, but uh, are we shocked that it's only uh, four games, Bob? I guess not shocked. I were at that. We're, we're right at the week timeline, if I'm correct. I can't remember the exact day, but we're, we were, you know, around that mark. I, I just don't get it. There's, at this point, you're probably got one game left, and it and it feels like a must win before Christmas. So I get that part of it, but I would just hold them. I would hold them till the 28th or the 27th, whatever it is. Give that extra six days. Give them four good skates, and then let them play. Um, but a, a player of his presence is missed, and when you look at the center ice, if he's not in there, the center ice changes dramatically. Um, so you hope, you just hope that he's healthy enough to go um, and, and he doesn't feel rushed because that do, that does happen quite a bit if, if, if Gerke can tell you that. Um, so I, good to see him, but I would have held him till after the break. I, I just, just as a player, a guy that's played injured, I would, I would have liked to have seen him take another six days off. Bobby, wait until you're 52, you're my age, man. And then you'll start feeling all those times you came back a little early from injury. Uh, he's a yeah. He's just, it, it's he's I, probably. I skated just... two hours today. I, what? I skated two hours today. Yeah. I'm, with who? Uh, you making a comeback? A local... No, God, no. A uh, bunch of local junior kids that are home for the holidays, and then I ran a mic camp, and the camp, the mic camp was harder than participating in the practice. If I'm going to be completely honest, but uh, <laughs> my, my low back, and then I came home and got on the Peloton, so I had myself a morning, um, and I'm feeling it right now. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be a long afternoon. Okay, wait, oh was it a Ken Hitchcock skate or like a Sean Donovan skate? Because just being on uh, the ice is not the same. No, it's, I, I ran some of the drills for the kids with, with another coach, and then I played two-on-two two for about a half hour, and I, I didn't know there was so much elevation in Nashville, but it felt, felt like I was in Denver. <laughs> what the hell was going on here? It's like I, I, didn't, I didn't start smoking, but I felt like I did. <laughs> so how are the hands though? You how are the hands still good? Hey, we 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 played to two at the end of it. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I had both of them. It's nice to know I can still play. Oh. In the queue. <laughs> Beauty. You, Bobby, you said uh, I'll say back in the summer that you thought you were gonna put the skates away and never put them on again. So now that you've yep. skated a bit, uh, is that little burning feeling come back that uh, you missed it? I, I think I miss being around the rink more than I did being on the ice. Um, I'm also teaching lessons all, all next week, um, five days straight, one-on-one -on -one teaching. And that that's what I missed is being in. And then I, I worked with kids a little bit last year, as I told you guys, and seeing the lights go on for them is really, really rewarding. And now that my little guy's skating, I'm, I'm around it again. So I, I have missed it. Um, we're thinking about buying a rink down here with another party. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'll be back in this coaching thing a little bit. Uh, yeah, a lot's happened the last couple of weeks in that regard. But I, I did miss being around the rink. It's nice to just just shoot the shit with the parents, to be honest with you, and, and talk hockey. Oh, it's, it's the best. Hey, let me know if you need a D guy, because I'd love to move back to Nashville and start uh, teaching some hockey. Come on down. I'm yeah. in. Yeah, right I'm there. in. Downtown Franklin, buddy. That's it. Oh, man. It's, I tell you what, Wally, you've been the, we, we've all been there. It's, I, Nashville is such a great spot, man. And I know exactly where Bobby's in Franklin, man. It is just such good people. And the weather's not too bad. Hey, hey, we're getting a crazy ice storm tonight. I just went and bought five bags of ice, two shovels. It's going to turn into Armageddon here the next two days, eh, Wally? People are, are bat battling down the hatches right now. Here too. Listen, in your neck of the woods, I thought you would have somebody come by and take care of it for you. Here? <laughs> in Westboro, they're more concerned with bikes than they are cars. 
<laughs> Why do I even set myself up for this? Um, there is, moving back to hockey, there is a conversation. Uh, Elliot Friedman brought up on 32 Thoughts about uh, potential of Seth Jones coming to Ottawa. For the life of me, I can't see this uh, whatsoever. But for the dollar amount, even if they do take some of the contract, I don't. Can somebody help me out here with Seth Jones, Yorkie? Did, did I just hear you sense? right? Did Did you say Seth Jones coming to Ottawa? Yeah. So now we're gonna pay like Debrinket eight. eight so <laughs> Debrinket's gonna get eight million. Jones, I don't know what's Jones make nine million. Let's just give everybody eight million. Like, and yeah. then. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're going to have to pay Pinto. Then you're going to have to pay. I did some numbers a couple weeks ago of, of, of where this cap for the Sens is eventually going to be when all their guys mature. It's going to be, it's going to be like a hundred million. If the, you keep going at this thing, I, I listen, I like Seth Jones as a player. It would be great if they could get him, but they're going to have to do a lot of, well, one thing you could do, you could, you could trade to bring it and bring Seth Jones in. There you go. That's how you fit him in. <sighs> Well, I, just I, so we're I clear, agree, though, I, I, I agree to the point that you asked, Frank, at how at how many players do you draw the line at having seven and eight million dollars on the books? Because you you're essentially eliminating the middle tier, like he said. And yeah, I, I, I tend to be in the camp that does not think the brain cats back next year. Um, I, I think that you have a very, very and, and what he's got going for him, obviously, outside of the leverage is the fact that he's a right handed shot and there's there's not a lot of right-handed shots that are scoring goals at his clip in the league, but um, yeah. you essentially him and him and Drake Batherson are a lot, of, a lot alike. So, you know, do you build around Drake at his five point, whatever it is, or I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but he's, he can do a lot of the same things to bring at Ken at, at a much cheaper option. And he's, and he's already been addressed as part of your core. I just, I like, I like having to, to bring out as an option, but I do think that he's gone. That's just my opinion. Yeah. He wants, to, he's going to, he, he, well, he's going to get, what about, well, he's going to get paid. Like he's a guy that scored 40 twice. I, I don't think he's yeah. going to, yeah, I'll stay here for 7 million. No, he can go somewhere else and get paid because he's, he's worth that on another team. I'm with Bobby on this. I just, I, and the other thing too nine, is, yeah. do you, the other thing too, and and do you really want to have your wingers eating up the majority of your salary cap? I'm going to give another person eight million. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to give that eight million to a center iceman or a defenseman because I've already got Claude on my right side. I've already got Brady on my left side. I've already got Drake Batherson on my right side. What are you just going to pay all your wingers all the money? Like as much mm. as I love wingers, it's just it, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. Um, so I'm with yeah. you on that. And one. Bath. Bath at four point nine. I mean, that's what a it's steal, awesome, right? Yeah, he's so good. I, I think that's... I think Drake is really good too. I know he's getting a lot of heat for the for the. He's going after the green jacket right now, and he had a he uh, last game. He had a couple of defensive miscues, but I like the oh. fact that we talked <laughs> <laughs> going out to the point on that one. Just went out the... <laughs> oh, You're supposed to go. <laughs> Outside, inside, inside, Drake, don't go up the boards. Don't go up the oh, boards. You cannot get smaller on the ice when that puck goes in. You're just you're just trying to get back to that gate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there. you know what? He he's I think he's so good on the power play. Um and he's he's yeah. don't forget too, Batherson is a really late bloomer, guys. This guy grew, yeah. I think, two inches at age eighteen. I sat with his dad Normie at yep. the game and I think I told it to you. He was going on. He didn't get to be a great player till he was probably in the minors where yeah. I, th I still think he's going to, I still think he's going to get better and he's still learning the defensive yeah. side of the game. So yeah. that's my two cents on that. I, I, yeah. As I said, I think he's the second most skilled winger or second most skilled forward Ottawa has behind uh, Tim Stutzlow. So. Um, yeah. uh, Bill, by the way, Dylan Hetherington in on the blue line, Eric Brandstrom is out. I Ooh. sounds like he's nursing a minor uh, Bobo as Paul McLean used to call it. Um, <laughs> Is this is this group um, that's lost two in a row? Uh, I don't even want to talk playoffs in this, but are they going <laughs> to snap this thing? I, I don't even. I don't know. Why do I even bring this up? I feel like I'm setting myself up. Um, I I have no idea who who Dylan Heatherton is, but um, 
Let's hope he has a good night. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I don't. I, I, I have no clue. Um, you know, let's, let's hope he has a good night. Um, but I'm, I'm in the camp that says the Sens win tonight. That's if that's what you were, I, you didn't quite ask the question, but I think oh. that's what you're getting at is do they win tonight? I think they win tonight. I do. I think okay. there's a major response. Okay. I think DJ came in, had a conversation with a couple guys and, and there's going to be some responses. I have, I, you know what? And I've by got, conversations, no, no... what do you mean by that? Yeah. I, I, well, I think there were a number of players last game that could have had a one-on-one a, a -on -one conversation with, right. Um, you know, where you don't, you, yeah. the old saying, right. You, you praise in public, criticize in private. And, and, and I think DJ was in that camp cause I had some sit downs with him in that year. And um, I know a lot of other, and especially with veteran guys, guys that are part of the core, he was, he would do that in private. And uh, I think he had a number of guys that he probably identified. Okay. Let's have a conversation. And, and those guys are going to be the guys that respond. I love Drake's response on the power play goal, but, you know, the five on five one, I think Drake will tell you is inexcusable. Um, there was a number of lapses. There was a m bunch of guys that were minus three mm -hmm. on the night. Um, his cannot be thrilled with his top six, five on five or anybody five on five, but it's top six for sure. So I, I think there's a response. I, I, I do. This team's this team has had a number of good responses already this year. Yeah, uh, fair I enough. give up with the, uh, I give up with the predictions on the Sens. All I know is when the Ducks are yeah. going to lose. I can I can tell you that every single time. <laughs> it's tough. It's uh, they got two games coming up here back to back. You would think there's going to be a response. I'm just I'm concerned about that blue line still, guys. Um, is Zub back in tonight? By the way, do we know Zub's not in? Eh? No, no. And no. the game, by the way, tomorrow, if if people haven't heard, has already been canceled. And, and, and listen, it was. Uh, it's yeah, been canceled. The Detroit game is canceled. Uh, postponed I to February 27th. So I watched a bunch of those goals last game, and Ottawa's defense, I'm going to tell you right now, and now you're throwing a guy into the lineup. Bobby doesn't even know who the guy is, Hetherington. So that's another D <laughs> going into the mix of a very underskilled defensive core right now against some pretty world-class players in Washington. And... Ovechkin, who has a lot of success. So if I'd be pushed to say who's going to win or lose, I'll take Washington in this just because of the fact. I, I commend Zaitsev for how hard he's playing, for how hard he's working. But he's 20 minutes a night right now on that blue line. Um, and he's he really struggled last game. Uh, and he's not alone. They all struggled. It's, it's that blue line, man. They need Zub back quickly because uh, everyone is not in the right slot right now. And that's a yeah. good reason why their five on five is so bad. Like they just they don't break out cleanly. There's too many rims, blown coverage because everyone's everyone's not in the right slot. So I'll say, if I was pressed, I'll say there, Washington's going to win this one. I will say I'll, I'll say two two quick things. The lock of the night is Boston against Winnipeg. I'm taking Boston. Is that the lock? Um, that my lock. Wow. I, there's a letdown game. Well, they just. Winnipeg just stroked Ottawa five to one. Traveled to Boston, I believe. Yeah, they're in. Yeah, they're in Boston. That's a, that's a classic letdown game. Um, and Boston's not too bad at home. So that and then the amount of rims last game. My God, um, oh. if you're a winger, six to seven feet off the wall, and the the D just gives up, it's it's almost a fight on site when you get back to the bench because it's like, what are you doing? Just take the extra two steps. <laughs> just take the two steps, Yorkie. And you can throw it in my feet. Just don't put it on the wall. That was the only thing I asked. Yeah, put it on the wall. Oh, I got a guy. You got somebody just pile driving down the wall coming after you. You're like, come on, man. Just, you know, I don't care if you shoot it at me. You shoot it at me. I'll, I'll take it in the stomach. Just don't put it on the wall. <laughs> the, o the only reason I know how you, how you wingers feel is because I had to play wing for about a month in Detroit. And I had a couple of rims. And I'm like, I don't want, what am I going to do with this thing? I might as well just stick it in my ass. Like it's, 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 you're putting, you're, you're putting me in a spot where I'm going to get killed and I, I can't make a play here. So no, it's, uh, and that's the thing to wait as much as I like some of the D how hard they work. They they're just not capable of taking that extra step, getting your head up, yeah. maybe a fake. And then given the center, that little pass that you see so many other teams do. Um, so I'm just looking for my lock of the week here, Wally. You know what? 
I'm going to take the uh, the Minnesota Wild to take down the San Jose Sharks. That's my uh, watching Minnesota the way they uh, played against Ottawa. That that was impressive. And the Sharkies, they're thinking about Christmas turkey right now. And I uh, can't wait for the break. Minnesota, lock it up, boys. Lock it up. All right. Uh, two quick things before we go. Uh, so Kale Makara the other day calls off a penalty against him and says, no, no, I just fell. Is there any way that either one of you would have ever done that? Uh, Bobby, I'll start with you. You're more honest. I don't know what I, I just I just lost you guys. I just actually logged off and back in, so I don't know what the question was. I, oh. I thought it was Yorkie's uh, internet, but it must have been mine. Yeah, uh, that's fine. I mean, we know things are different in, in Nashville. Is uh, Kale McCarr, as he called yeah. as he calls off his own, the penalty? Would you have ever contemplated saying no? No, I just fell. No, no, I would have I would have <laughs> apologized to the guy that's going to the box saying, "Dude, you that sucks, man. Sorry, like that's a." That's a tough. I have I have told players that take a penalty against me. That's a horrible call, and I tripped or something like that. But you're not. I'm not turning down a power play. But I don't know. He's pretty good. He's won a cup. He can do what he wants. <laughs> that's that's all I got to say on it. Yeah, he's not bad. Wow. <laughs> he just locked in the lady Bing doing that because that's all everyone's been talking about about uh, this play about the sportsmanship. Uh, I did hear though, I, I heard him talk after he's like, I actually felt bad because it was a zero zero game. We could have lost a point. Uh, maybe they could have scored on that power play, but not a chance. I am ever admitting that I'm like, Bobby, I would go skate to the guy, especially if I knew, cause I knew a lot of guys in the league. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That was, that was on me, but why would you do that? <laughs> like it's, it's, you know. just, you don't do it, but Hey, He's uh, Con Smythe, Stanley Cup, Norris. Uh, he's gonna get the Lady Bing this year now too. So love yeah. watching him play. That's what he uh, needs. He's a guy. He man. needs another two hundred <laughs> grand. Hey, he needs another yeah. two hundred grand. <laughs> it's a big bonus for the Bing. <laughs> uh, okay, finally, uh, on this date in NHL history, twenty sixteen, Yarmir Yager passes Mark Messier, moves into second place all time on the scoring list. What team did he do that with? Uh, I'm going to, Jason York, do you know? What team? Sorry, I re repeat the question again. I was, uh. <laughs> Yarmir Yager passed Mark Messier in 2016 on this date to, uh, for the second most points all time. What team was Yarmir Yager on at the time he did this? Oh boy. Um, geez, that's a Cause he played for like 19 there? by the end of his career. Yeah. Was he, Florida uh, Panthers. Florida, Boston Bruins. Uh, Bobby is the winner of today's trivia question. Oh, he will be getting oh, a. All right. He'll be getting a roll of Renfrew Pro Tape. Nice. Yes. Well, I need it. I'm back in the mix. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> Go to RenfrewPro.com and get your own. Um, I, yes. So. Uh, I that, I found that shocking. I've forgotten all about him playing in Florida for a bit, and so that was the uh, what a nondescript place to do that in for me. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, yeah. man. Yeah, Yags Jager doesn't get enough respect. Whenever you hear these top nope. lists of the top guys of all time, they'll say, "Give me your top five. I never see Jager get any love, and there was a period of time, especially when Mario Lemieux was going through his Hodgkins. Jagger was the best player in the league. Uh, he was unstoppable. Like we had a play against, we had a play against him where, because you could slash guys back then, just slash him in the hands, keep slashing him in the hands. This guy he did so much great job. Yes. He thought he had him. Jagger spun and, and twisted. Finally out to Mike McSorley. Oh boy. He can come to speaking about doing everything. Right here on the highlight. Yeah, you want to turn Oh yeah, I made that. Okay, who snuck that in? What are you doing? Oh boy. You wanna know what yeah. I was doing? Left handed stick for a second. Bobby, you'll you'll love this. Uh that game we had played in Anaheim three nights before. We were on a road trip and a bunch of us went out. We had a good time. And three nights, three days. So you think it's a green light, you should be able to go out. That next game, I turned the puck over. We lost. Uh, Jacques comes, Jacques Martin, our coach, comes in and yells at me between periods, actually boots me in the shin pads. 
wake the fuck up. You're, you're, what you, I knew you were out the other night and you did this and did that. Like, Hey, I didn't break curfew. I wasn't out. This was three days, <laughs> man. But, uh, yeah, that, uh, Jaeger, man, for me, probably the toughest guy to defend against that I had played against through my, whatever, 14 years in the league. I just don't think he gets enough respect. Yeah. He, he, did, I mean, he was always uh, just a horse. Yeah, you couldn't yeah. move him. You couldn't. You just. When you, you couldn't move him. You couldn't budge him. Yeah, huge ass, huge ass. When you skated back yeah. to the bench, Yorkie, um, was there anything said to you at that point? Just a glare. Just a glare. Hey, I fanned on it. I healed it. Right about now, Yorkie, when you got a point, stick upside down and check the blade all the way back. You got to be making something up, or you know. You get to just out of the coach's sight and stomp on that blade a little bit. That's that's, that's the play. I was uh, I was actually in Jaeger's draft year. We were at the same draft, although I went a lot later. I remember going down to the gym and he was doing his squats. His dad used to make him do like a hundred squats a day. He's doing his squats. He's going up and down. He had the mullet down to his hair, down to his uh, whatever shoulders. But uh, what a beauty! You know what? He didn't even try all the time either. That was the thing about Yags. Like some games he wouldn't try, <laughs> and he was still the best player on the ice. He'd float around. All of a sudden, he'd get the puck and uh, score yeah. a goal like he did against me. So no, re- re- obviously one of the best players of all time. I'm with you. I, I don't think he gets enough credit. And I think last year, was it the first year that somebody hadn't played with Yarmir or Yager? Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cup final. Let's pick it. Like he's just, he transcends the game. Yeah, he yeah, yeah, Sorry, go ahead. Too. It wasn't, wasn't that the uh, Denver Broncos, the mile high salute they do after touchdowns, Wally? And he just started doing it. He goes, you know what? I'm going to do the mile high salute after goals. That's where he got it from. <laughs> it was a, def- it was I'll, a Denver Broncos uh, touchdown. Uh, that's what it was. It was their touchdown salute. All right. Fair enough. Uh, before we go, uh, by the way, this show brought to you by BEI, Bonisher Excavating Inc. I'm a little late getting them in. I apologize. Um, go to BonisherExcavating.com. They are uh, up in the Ottawa Valley. Uh, they will help you with all your aggregate needs. Also your civil engineering if you need them for that as well. Uh, BonisherExcavating.com, BEI, helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. And again, they, they too want to wish everybody a safe and happy holidays, and they will see you in the new year. Uh, boys, uh, do you have any favorite hockey-related Christmas gifts that you remember as perhaps children? I'm taking York, a was probably right like a... Somebody, somebody sent me a, yeah, a, a picture. Some, somebody sent me a picture of the four of us on the screen and said you're a little short in the sleeve today. I said I didn't get to try it. You don't try a shirt like this on in the store. So, my, no, my good old no, no, you Toronto, just take it, Toronto, go. buddy. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, this is it. But that's tough. Um, to answer your question, uh, um, like the dome hockey, like the actual arcade one, one year that was my my favorite. Uh, oh. I was always playing it, and I got the. It was called like the super checks. I want to say is what it's actually called, or bubble checks. Um, and I think my parents were just done with me spending so much money on it at the arcade at the rink that they said, okay, we got to get this kid one of those. And I, I, I still maintain that I'm a top five player on that game of all time. I, I will, I'll, I'll put money down against anybody anytime on that one. Fair enough. Oh man. You know what? I, I uh, one thing I, I got a gift from my brother. Cause we all, we, we had a big family and my, uh, there was five, five kids. My brother played for Princeton university. And my my team colors, oh. Nepean Raiders, Wally were Nepean as black, red, and white. So my brother at Princeton, they wear orange and white and a little bit of black. So my brother snags a pair of Princeton hockey gloves from the back room before Christmas, brings them home, and that's my Christmas present. A pair of orange hockey gloves. Nice. And I wore the I wore these orange gloves for two years. They were like I was only two, maybe eleven, and they were a men's like the long cuffs up to my elbows. I was so proud of these things, man. The only guy in the PN wearing orange hockey gloves. So uh, probably yeah. one of the presents I remember you the most. For Princeton, huh? <laughs> yeah. What about you, Wally? You get any uh, hockey stuff when you're a kid? I, yeah, but the big, I was a goalie and I got my first set of goalie pads, goalie gear. They were Canadian uh, and they were filled. I think I'm so old there. I think they were horse hair. Um, 
and <laughs> I, I wore them around all day. But yeah, that was uh, that was the best for me was the to get my own goalie gear that you didn't have to borrow from uh, the hockey association. You got to wear your own. So that was a big one for me. I like that. Yeah. We like it. We like, wasn't a, very we like good, a sta- stand up goalie, butterfly goalie. You, get, you yell at your defenseman. You, you look like kind of like an ornery goalie, uh, kind of angry back there. Yeah, I was a little angry. Uh, I So I had a Billy Smith black coho goalie stick because of Billy Smith. So he was my favorite nice. player on the ice. Yeah, so that should probably explain everything. So actually, in fact, I bought God, this would be like early 80s. I bought one of the old like Andy Moog masks that had like the cat eyes, um, just the, yeah. the, the cage because they didn't have the molded at the time. They wouldn't let me on the ice because it the hockey stick could come through the the eyes yeah. holes, and so there was a big debate on the ice. And I hadn't told anybody. My dad was pissed because uh, I didn't bring the old <laughs> cage, but they let me play. It was so heavy, it just pulled my helmet down, so I could barely see out. Anyway, um, yeah, I never wore that again. That was it. <laughs> nice. Anyway, boys, uh, we will be back after Christmas. Uh, until then. Uh, stay safe out there and uh, enjoy your Christmas with your kids, everybody. You too, man. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for watching, everybody. And we all wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. We will talk to you soon. Thanks for watching, everybody.